Welcome to Life, Love, and Lessons, a safe space where we do all things with love and opulence. This podcast is for men and women of all ethnicities, experiences, opinions, life paths, and professional or rough backgrounds who are somehow involved in the space of dating or relationships, whether it's online or in person, or simply interested in love, spirituality, living the good life, learning, or just here to be inspired, entertained, intrigued, or in tune with life's personal pleasures. Listen intently, open your mind, and vibe. Welcome to episode 8 of Life, Love, and Lessons. My name is Alante Anise, and I really want to thank you for vibing with me 8 episodes in a row, if that's you. I'm really being open, transparent, vulnerable in this space, and welcoming you into my mind during this trying time. What is a trying time? To me, a trying time is... When you feel like the spirits that are against you are trying their hardest to attack you down to your lowest level, they're trying you. When you feel like life is just a continuous struggle because a series of unwanted events are just continuously presenting themselves one after the other, and you just do not understand why. If you've listened to the previous episodes, you know a little bit about what I'm going through, and I'm going to just give you a quick update. Things are not the way they should be just yet, but we are getting there. Um, So I'll go right ahead and move along because this is part one of perception versus reality. And I just want to let y'all know that I recorded this episode in its entirety last week and it was like a little over two hours. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I clearly love talking about perception versus reality. (laughs) So. Um, I didn't want to do y'all like that. So I have decided to, you know, push the time back, redo things, take my time and do perception versus reality part one and part two. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you are okay with the change in the days. Um, And so, yes, this time has been so trying. I've even had to experience someone that I love lying to the world about me. And that's what inspired perception versus reality. So to make matters even more interesting, a little after that, I was listening to a church sermon a couple weeks after learning that happened. And the pastor said that the devil recruits people who shadow your anointing by persuading them to get on his side, by provoking them to say negative things, lie or throw shade against you. Yeah. That was deep. (laughs) The pastor said that the devil recruits people to shadow your anointing by persuading them to get on his side, by provoking them to say negative things, lie or throw shade against you. That's a word right there. If I never heard one. I honestly don't know how many people, if any, will wholeheartedly have a negative thing to say about me. Because I've never been a bad person, not intentionally or really mistakenly hurt someone. 
been aware about it and didn't apologize or seek remorse. Now, I know I'm not for everybody, and I know I've had my childish and petty ways in the past. So I have to say, you know, I haven't intentionally been mean and and known about it and didn't apologize. I hope you caught that because I would be lying if I said I've never intentionally been mean to somebody. I used to be really mean to my biological father. It took me a while to get to the level of growth that I am today, right? So there were times in my past as a child, as a young adult, a teenager, that I would be very mean to my father. I'm not that person anymore, but I did have that experience and then I had to grow up and then go back and seek, you know, his forgiveness. So, yes, I may have had some times in the past where I've been mean or intentionally hurt people. But again, that's just not who I really am down to the core. So I can't say that there are going to be a lot of people that have bad things to say about me that I know of. And then even when I do learn or when I did learn that I wasn't for everybody, it was a while ago. Um, And the only way that I was able to make peace with that fact, I'm not for everybody, is by remembering a lesson that my mother told me many years ago. I think this was something she taught me the first time I I came home to somebody like talking bad about me and lying. And she called it hating. She's like, you know, they're hating on you, baby. Like, it's okay, you know? And so... The story or the way that she delivered it to me, my mom delivered the lesson to me back then when I was a kid was everybody didn't like Jesus. Say what? (laughs) Everybody didn't like Jesus, even still to this day. And so she kind of, you know, broke it down to me. I had to be, I don't know, maybe nine, 10, maybe 11, 12. I don't know how old I was when I was young. And, you know, I was raised in a church. So my mom said, what happened to Jesus? You know, um, how do people treat him? How did his life end? You know, she's asking me these questions and, you know, then she's like, but who is Jesus? And did what happened to him take away his value or his anointing? Is he less important because of how people talked about him or how they mistreated him or what they said about him? And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, and so she's like, okay, then, you know, don't allow what people say about you. If it's negative and you know it's a lie, you know, don't allow that to, you know, hurt you or hinder your your growth or take away from who you are as an individual because you know you're beautiful. You know you're my mom told me when I was a kid I was a shit. So <laughs> she told me I was a shit. And I was like, okay. Um, so still though, you know, I think there's something to be said about perception versus reality. A word we haven't thought up yet about the way people can see things from a false or negative perspective without any facts or proof of their false accusations and claim them as reality, even if the other view is opposing and makes way much more sense, logical sense. And especially if they're just seen with their feelings and not their eyes. That makes sense because a lot of times we see with our emotions, which can cause us to see things from a misconstrued perspective because I'm hurt. So, you know, I feel like this or I think this or I see things this way because I'm hurt. If I wasn't hurt, if I didn't feel some kind of way, I may see things completely differently. Have you ever experienced that? Been on the receiving end of that? 
don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But whatever your perception is, understand that your perception is your reality. However, it doesn't mean it's the truth. And it is not to be confused with intuition. So it may not be the real situation, but it's the way you perceived it through your senses and that's your truth. So this part one is going to be about love, dating, different scenarios and how we confuse our thoughts and get things negative to come out with these false perceptions and how we can avoid those moving forward by responding more with love and seeking further clarification. Now, if you take nothing away from this conversation, please take this. There's an old old nursery rhyme that always comes to mind. I really can't sing, even though sometimes it seems like I can sing. Perception, right? Um, So it's like merrily, 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 life is but a dream. So life is but a dream. So that was the lesson in that old nursery rhyme from back in the day. Letting us know that life is but a dream, which often translates as everything is not as it seems, which can also relate to everything that glitters ain't gold and believe less than half of what you hear. (laughs) Right. Basically, be cautious about taking people's word for it. Whenever someone is speaking to you about a person, a place, a thing or a situation, As if their opinion or experience is a fact, acknowledge it and understand it. Be sure to hear them out and also treat them with respect and know that there may be more than one side to that story. Right? And everybody's not always present to share their side. There's likely another perspective. Hence, there's always two sides to every story. So let's entertain places and situations for a second. Just because we can apply perception versus reality to some of the smallest things or simplest things. So, for example, my perception of Texas or me moving here and having to live here and do life here. Right. It's no secret, you know, how I feel about Texas. If you're new to this, Texas is not really my style in terms of living. It's a really nice place. Um, You know, I'm definitely going to have a great time, have been having a great, great time. And it's a lot to do, a lot to see, a lot of people that I love here. And it's going to be good. It's been good. Um, However, uh, it ain't nothing like California, (laughs) you know. And um, if I was comparing the two, Texas can go in the trash, you know. And so... In the beginning of me moving here, I was just like, yeah, no, you know, and I had a lot of negative things to say. Um, I can still say all these negative things, but we know I'm in pursuit of loving Dallas, Texas. So I'm not going to entertain these negative things that I have to say about Dallas, Texas, because I'm moving on from that. The point is, because I came from California and I've been living in California for the last five years and I've have lived this certain way of life. Like life is just different in California. Ask anybody in California, (laughs) you know, go to California for a vacation and stay a while. You may notice that the energy is different. Life is different. The luxuries are different. It's just a different way of living. And that way of living was more my style. So my perception of Texas is being compared to California, 
versus you ask somebody else in Dallas, Texas about their experience here, how much they love it. And if they came from Flint, Michigan, oh, they love it. (laughs) It is everything. Dallas, Texas is where it's at, right? Because they came from Flint, Michigan to here. And if if you've ever been to Flint, Michigan, you know that um, it's not Hollywood or New York or Atlanta. I mean, don't get me wrong. Flint is home for me. That's where I was born and raised. I love it. I had a great childhood, a great time. But I would never lie to you. Flint is not a place that you just go and live this luxurious, beautiful, um, you know, lifestyle. It's just not. So the options there are very slim in terms of where, where, where you go and what to do. And you often see the same people over and over and over again. Everywhere you go, you partying with the same people. And it's just not much different. It, Flint is very convenient. It's very comfortable. Everybody know everybody. Versus being, you know, somewhere in Dallas where it's just so big and you see different people everywhere you go. And it's just so different and so vibrant and so many options and, you know, stuff like that. So hence those different perceptions and reasons why. And so if you are a person living in Kansas or Iowa or whatever, and you ask me, I'm thinking about moving to Dallas, Texas. I might say, don't do it. It's not it. Mm-mm, you don't want to do that to yourself. But if you ask somebody from that's here, that's from Flint, you know, or that came here from Flint, they might be like, yes, oh my God, come here. You'll love it. Right. So again, that's what I mean by don't just take a person's word for it. You don't know how you're going to feel or how things really are just based on hearing one person's story and one person's perspective. So be careful. So that was, you know, place. Um, Okay, so in terms of love and friendships and dating, I've never understood how someone could be angry over what somebody else supposedly said and then react in a negative way without actually hearing that person out or say something directly to that person. And it reminds me of the telephone game. Remember how easily gossip got spread after playing playing the telephone game? You whisper something in somebody's ear and by the end of the person in line or in the circle, whatever the first person said, that's not what the last person said. It's a completely different story. That's typically what happens. And, you know, telling stories and hearing different people's perspectives and, oh, so you'd be like, what happened? And then one person tell you what happened. And then the next person to tell you what happened. They're not telling you what really happened. They're telling you their version of what happened. So we all have our own perceptions, versions of what's happening in our lives and what's happening around us. So when people, you know, um, express their perception, please don't shut them down without listening to understand. There could be some truth to what they're saying. So do hear them out. Our feelings do play a part in, you know, when we respond to people in situations. And sometimes we we tend to respond with our emotions. Sometimes that seems to falsify what we're saying. It could be intense. It could be dramatic or a less dire, less desirable outcome. Because those details of our reflection of our individual souls evolve from our negative emotions or sad emotions or whatever they were. 
For example, if I ask you to call me before you go to sleep and you don't call me, we're talking about dating. Let's give a few dating scenarios. If I ask you to call me and you don't call me, the next day you might reach out and I got an attitude. I'm upset. Why am I upset? Because I didn't get a call from you the night prior like I asked. You know, when I asked you, you said you would call me. And I'm probably somebody who is used to or likes or desires a man of his word. Right. And so you said you were going to call me before you went to sleep. And here it is the next day. And I haven't heard from you. And so I got an attitude. And because I have an attitude, I'm sad. I feel rejected. I feel neglected. I feel lied to. I feel like, you know what? You lie and you didn't call me on purpose because maybe you were busy with somebody else or something else. And you wasn't even thinking about me, which resulted in you forgetting that you told me you were going to call me. And then so say I just be like, you know what? I'm done with him. He a liar. He, You know, whatever. I can take this as far as I want to. Right. Because I'm hurt. I have some insecurities. Um, You know, I've been lied to. I've been cheated on. Whatever it may be. And I'm tired of you not calling me before you go to sleep or telling me that you're going to do something and not doing it. And I just can't take it. And I've just told myself and everybody that asked me that you was out here lying. You was out here messing with other females. That might not be the case. But again, this is my perception. Right. So. Maybe. After all of this, people come up to me and ask me. Why you don't talk to this person no more? And I say, well, apparently he has something else more important to attend to. He gave attention to this and that and wasn't returning my calls or calling me back. And that's true for me. That's my perception. That's my story based on my sources, my insecurities and needing that for sure communication that you didn't provide. You probably had, you know, me, you, you probably had your hand on the call button, but dozed off before you went to sleep and woke up and it was a new day. Or maybe you lost track of time and got tired. You know, maybe you were out with your family and it was late. And by the time you looked at the time, it was too late to call me because you don't usually call people, let alone, you know, a woman after a certain amount, after a certain time, just out of respect. Or maybe you were with your friends and didn't call me late. You know, because it was too loud and you wouldn't be able to give me your full undivided attention like I deserve. And so you opted to call me in the morning instead of texting me because texting isn't really your style. Or maybe there was an accident or your attention was dedicated to a friend who was in need. Or maybe you weren't in the mood or didn't have the energy to call me back because you were depleted, because you were drained from, you know, your night of activities with friends and families or whatever it may be. Whatever it was that had you not call me, it don't even matter, right? Because I've already said what it is and what it was for me. I've already made up in my mind that you was too busy for me. You lied to me. You didn't call me back like you said you was. You are not a man of your word. And I don't have time for whatever excuses you got. You know, whatever the case I be, so I'm done. I'm done with you. And we don't always get to hear people out or allow that conversation to come come from both sides. And everybody, you know, say what they feel and say what happened and explain themselves or just 
apologize or say what it is and then allow things to unfold and evolve for love. So what does that look like? So instead of, you know, guy makes girl mad, girl just gets mad and reacts by leaving guy alone. And then guy is like, wait, she tripping. She crazy. What what happened? I didn't even do nothing wrong, you know, because he didn't intentionally do anything wrong. He did something wrong, <laughs> but he didn't do it intentionally. And she decided that he did something that he didn't do. And, you know, or whatever. Let's move on. How can we fix it? How can we move towards love? Female says, hey, I know you were busy yesterday and all, but it's hard for me to ignore my feelings. I feel like you didn't call or text me back when you said you you would or when you could have at some point. It's not like I needed your time for an hour or two or even five whole minutes. You know, I just wanted to hear your voice before I went to sleep and you knew that. But you didn't give me that. So I'm hurt. My heart is aching and my mind is overthinking all these negative thoughts. And I honestly don't know how to move forward. My next reaction feels like cutting you off, letting you go, leaving you alone, because that'll be easier than than sitting here with you or moving forward with you and just allowing you to continue to treat me like this because I can't take it. I need somebody who's going to be a man of his word, do simple things like call me to say goodnight, you know, stick to his word, even though it's something small. Guy says, I understand. I apologize. I made you feel that way. It wasn't my intention to not call you back. And you're not wrong to feel how to feel how you feel or to express your hurt or your perception. The fact is, I didn't call you back because I started drinking with my brother and then my phone died. I know that sounds like a lie, but I passed out on the couch. And when I finally got up at one o'clock in the morning, I was going to text. But then it was just so late. I was just like, no, I just call her in the morning just out of respect. And I called you as soon as I woke up today. I see how my actions or lack of actions cause you to perceive things the way you did. And I'm going to do better moving forward and do better at being a man of my word, especially now that I know how important that is to you, especially something as simple as just calling you to say goodnight. You know, like I, I definitely see now how important it is and I'm going to do that for you moving forward. So please, let's move forward and don't ever be afraid to tell me how you feel. We can always discuss these things, all negative thoughts, and let's please discuss your negative thoughts before you start to believe or trust them. And then she says something cute like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, but really, like, we don't communicate no more. Like, we don't communicate like that no more these days. We literally perceive and react and walk away. And so in dating... As we move forward and we get more into talking about love and dating and relationships, I wanted to highlight that this thing, perception versus reality. How can we get past that negative outcome that, oh, this, oh, that, um, you know, and so I'm done and we didn't really see clarification. So. Oftentimes, men and women may feel like the person they're dating doesn't like them as much as they like them or the person they like has a different love language or something like that. So, for example, if this is important to talk about, it's important to know 
love languages of the person that you're dating. Because say you are a person that needs physical touch. That's your primary love language. But the person you're dating is a acts of service person. You know, that's the way they give love. And that's the way they prefer to receive love. And so you're dating this guy or this girl. And okay, since I since I'm talking in the perspective of the girl, I'll switch things up. So say I'm the guy and I need physical touch. But my girl, she keeps like doing things like, um, you know, just wanting to show up. She's bringing me food. She's, um, I don't know, like surprising me with little like car wash gift cards or something. Or she bought me a game or whatever. I don't know what men like. (laughs) Acts of service. So say this woman is doing, giving me all these acts of service and she's really sweet and kind and very thoughtful. You know, I say I like something and she delivers. I say I'm thinking about getting something and she gets it. She takes the, you know, she takes the frustration or she makes my days easier by completing tasks for me before I have to do them so that my day can be more relaxed. I love it. Right. However, she's not really hugging me as much as I need or kissing me as much as I need or cuddling up with me as much as I need. And I'm feeling like. Mm, I might not have to just let this go. She's not really my type. You know, I mean, she's a really nice girl, but I don't like the way she just kind of avoids physical touch. And then I end things because, yeah, I didn't like that. Simple as that. I just, you know, kind of start getting distant with her, stop responding to her text messages, stop scheduling meetings with her because, You know, she's just not my type. I already know she's not the one for me. How could we have avoided that? Hmm. Guy, a.k.a. me, I could have been like, hey. So my primary love language is physical touch. And I've noticed, you know, that we don't really kiss. We don't really hug. We don't really cuddle. I mean, I know we have before. I'm not saying we never do it. I'm not trying to say that the times that we have are not important. However, I just feel it's like sparingly. We don't do it that much. And have you ever taken the five love languages test? And she might be like, no, you know, he won't take it. And then she takes it and her primary is acts of service. And he's like, oh, and she's like, okay. You know, and they both kind of have this eye opening moment of just two different love languages and how can we or do we even care enough about each other or this situation to do better or to try to move forward in terms of, um, you know, giving each other what we need so we can proceed towards love by communicating. Oh, communication is so important. Literally everything requires communication if you want to be successful. So in relationships, So instead of perceiving that this person is just not the one for you because they're not giving you what you need, talk to them about what they're not giving you. You know, find out why they're lacking or why they aren't giving it to you. It could be something as simple as they never knew that's what you needed or they never knew how to give it to you the way you needed it. You need to communicate these things. 
Don't just assume somebody knows how to love you or how to treat you. Mm. Y'all know I'm not speaking off of no script. (laughs) Because if I was speaking off of a script, I probably would not have said that because that makes me think of so many other things. And then I have to do do better at timing on these episodes. So I hope I'm not going to go off on the tangent. I'm just going to quickly say that it is up to you if you want to teach somebody how to treat you or if you want somebody to already come knowing how to treat you. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. So um, we need to be able to communicate with each other. And especially especially when it comes to perception versus reality, do not make assumptions. And so quickly, two more um Two things that I've been through recently, um, a guy reached out to me on Instagram and he said something like, you know, how you doing? How's your day? And I think I just said, hey, good. Day's good. Whatever. I was working as I do and it's during the day and I'm not a small talker, you know, so somebody asked me, how you doing? Good. <laughs> and, and you, I'm not a bad communicator. I just don't feel like having small talk right now. I got a lot going on, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and go back and forth with like one or two words with you. That's just my personal preference. And so then this guy reached out later and said something like, oh, I assume you weren't interested because I reached out to you the other day and you were like being short with me. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, because I'm no longer in the business of like, teaching men how to think. Maybe that's maybe I'm helping a little bit with this podcast, but in real life, my real life scenario situations, you know, like I'm not going to say, no, you perceive that wrong. That's not what happened. This is why I was I was short texting you and this is why, you know, just because of the place that I'm in right now. That's why I said it's up to you if you want to teach somebody how to treat you. Or you just want them to come already knowing, you know. So when he said, I assumed that you weren't interested, I said, okay, interesting assumption. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's all it was, an assumption. It wasn't true. It wasn't the case. I didn't say I wasn't interested. He perceived that because I just said my day was good. Right. So that was his perception because he needed more. But he didn't give me more. And I'm reciprocating. You asked me how my day was. That's a close ended question. I'm responding with the close ended answer. Um, I could have been a little nicer. Right. Giving him a little more time and said my day was good. You know, blah, blah. Went into detail and then said, how was your day? But he had not developed that type of rapport with me. I had no idea who he was or who he is still to this day. You know, and so. I just didn't take my time to do that with him. And so, again, perception versus reality. So there are probably a lot of men out here assuming that a woman is not interested because she did not give him some elaborate response to his short ended question or statement. Really, you probably need to do better at communicating or engaging with her. Give her something to think about, something to respond to. Right. Communication. Instead of perceiving she's not interested, do more to engage her interest. Another situation. 
<laughs> this right here is the funniest thing I've ever been through. The craziest thing I've ever experienced. This guy I was dating and then a lot of red flags presented themselves and I was just like, mm, my intuition is telling me that I need to kind of take things slow with this guy. Something doesn't feel right. And so, but I really like him. So I'm going to just, you know, be his friend and then see if we can evolve later, move forward towards a relationship in the future. So one day we were hanging out as friends and he was over my house and I ended up falling asleep on him. And I woke up. It's a new day. And he had decided to spend the night. You know, we didn't sleep together or anything like that. I just fell asleep in a bed and I assume he fell asleep next to me. I don't know. I woke up. And he was like staring at me and I was like, uh, awkward. Hey, good morning. And he was like, Hey, good morning. But he, the energy, there was something about him that just seemed a little off. And then I was just like, okay, you know, I got to get up, get ready for work. You know, you want some breakfast? Are you about to stay, you know, and eat breakfast with me? And he was like, no, I'm like, okay, well, I cooked my own breakfast and kind of sat and ate in front of him. And he was just kind of sitting there again, giving this weird energy. Um, And he was kind of running in and out of my house, like taking phone calls. And but had this really sad look on his face. And I'm like, bro, like, what is wrong? But anyways, I left. I'm like, okay, have a great day. You know, we walked out of my house. We went our separate ways. He proceeds to text me saying, So I went through your phone last night and now I know so much about you that I didn't know before that I wish you had told me that you like to sleep with your co-workers and married men and old men and all this. I don't know. He just like accused me of doing all of these crazy things. And I was like looking at the text message like, what is he talking about? And I think I responded like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you texting the right person? And he was like, yeah, I'm texting the right person. Like, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And I was so confused. I'm like, "Uh, no, wait, who am I sleeping with exactly? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, wait, what coworkers? What old person or married man? Like, what are you talking about? Because I know I wasn't sleeping with anybody. I hadn't slept with anybody's man, no co-worker, no old man. Like, you know, since I was just so confused. And so he ended up kind of giving me some details from the message on my phone that he read from like a year and a half prior, some history of me and my co-workers. And so if you knew, know or knew this co-worker, you, you knew that you understood the context. But if you didn't know my co-worker, then you would read our messages and be like, WCS, like what is going on? But anyways, once I figured out like what was going on, I was like, wait a minute, let's talk about how you went through my locked phone. There are some more bigger problems here, (laughs) you know, like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me you've been looking over my shoulder, watching me punch in the lock to my coat, to my phone, and then waited till I went to sleep to creep through my phone and then went into the archives and messages from years ago to accuse me of doing something that I never did. You got too much time in your hands and I just don't, you know what I'm saying? That's neither here nor there. The fact that he accused me of doing things that I didn't do or wasn't doing just was beyond me. And this man believed himself. 
I found out later that the reason why he was walking in and out of my house that morning and the reason why he was, you know, acting like that and giving me that energy was because he was sad. He was hurt. He couldn't believe that this woman that he was falling in love with and had gotten to know was this nasty, disrespectful woman who slept with married men and old men and her co-workers and all this other kind of stuff. And he was walking out of my house to call his friends to ask their opinion and share with them, you know, what he found about me and how, how and asking them how should he respond. So he didn't brought all his friends into the situation. And so not it wasn't long where before I um kind of I had to block him or leave him alone or something. And then he had his co-workers calling me, he had his friends calling me, he had his ex-girlfriend reach out to me. And it was just so crazy because I'm like, wait, <laughs> you you think I'm uh, doing these crazy things? Just leave me alone because never mind the fact that you're the crazy one. You know, like I don't even feel like, you know, I can explain because it's just so far from the truth. And you've really convinced yourself that it is the truth. I might as well let you believe it's the truth and go on by my way. I even went to work and told my coworkers and my boss and everything about what was happening. And everybody was just cracking up laughing, you know, because they know this coworker, even this coworker was like, I'm so sorry. He was like, I'm so sorry. I got you in trouble. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm just like, no, it's cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we know we not having sexual relations and we know, you know, this, that, and the third, we know how you are and you know, who, what you, you know, he's a jokester and, you just have to work with him to understand. So anyways, this guy was really big on clarification during our getting to know each other. So it was so interesting to me that he did what he did and then perceived it the way he perceived it and came to a conclusion without talking to me about it. Um, but that, he went and talked to his friends about it, you know, and then had everybody and their mama blowing up my phone. Ooh. Red flag, red flags, believe the red flags. Listen to those red flags, ladies and gentlemen. When you meet somebody that presents more than two red flags immediately, throw the towel in, let it go, walk away. Now, if this is somebody that you just really like or you can see a future with them or you just you you are the healer, you are the type of person that attract red flags and you like working on red flags, then so be it. <laughs> That's love. That is a whole nother level of love. Being able to welcome a person with open arms who you know have all of these red flags. Kudos to you. I appreciate people like you. So these type of situations happen all of the time. Similar cases happen where we don't really allow birth, both perceptions to be viewed and understood, especially not on the side that evolves more towards love due to someone or something blocking love's course, right? Maybe some insecurities that we have, some emotions, some things we've been through in the past. Maybe you've been cheated on in the past, and so now you just want to go through everybody's phone. And if you are looking for something, you're going to find it. Right. So that guy, even though there was nothing in my phone that proved that I was talking to anybody else, having sexual relations with anybody else or, you know, anything like that, 
he found something that to him proved that I was, you know, having sex with this coworker or whatever, you know, and it wasn't the case, but that's what he was looking for. That's what he wanted to find. And so he made it up in his head. So be careful, be mindful. It is so important to have effective communication, practice active listening, and practice being more mature in your reactions or your responses. Especially when you're dealing with this perception versus reality. And it doesn't only happen in intimate or romantic partnerships or relationships. It also happens among coworkers, associates, strangers, and friends. I know you've walked past somebody or and said, wait, are they staring at me? Or why are they looking at me like they don't like me? Or why are you looking like you got a problem? You know, and that was our perception. And that person might have been daydreaming with a scrunched up look on their face, thinking about something, you know, that happened to them last week or a situation with another person. And but looking in our direction, but we perceived that they were looking at us wrong. <laughs> and so this just goes so, so deep. And so. I want you to think about asking for clarification, seeking to understand and to really get down to the bottom of things. This is my perception. But before I proceed things and call it final, you know, make it reality, um, let's talk about it. You know, can you confirm my perception for me? Are we on the same page? Because I'm perceiving it this way. And if this is the way, if this is correct, then this is not going to work for me. But if you can help me to dissect this perception that I've came up with and help me to get to another outcome by being able to look at things differently, then maybe this can work. Communication. So this is my last, last thing. When people tell you about yourself, listen to them. It does not mean that they're right. It also doesn't mean that they're wrong. Don't just hear what somebody says about you and block it out. A lot of times you can learn about yourself based on what other people say about you or how other people describe you. And so I'll share some things that I've been told. um, And I'm not even going to share all of the positive. Um, Great things have been told to me about me. Um, I love people. (laughs) You know, I love people, their kind words and things that they say about who I am. Let's let's talk about some negative things that I've heard about myself. I've heard that I'm very judgmental. Mm, That hurt. And I'm not even lying. Like, you know, that hurt me. Somebody I love told me that I'm very judgmental, that. I make her cry every time we get on the phone, like she gets off the phone crying. I don't know that I made her cry, but there's something that I say in every conversation or the way that I come off or the way that I approach situations or I deliver a, a, a some advice or something. There's a, this way that I come off that comes off as judgmental. It makes her feel like less of a person. That didn't make me feel good. I could have been like, oh, that's a personal problem. I don't know why, you know, she said that about me and I don't believe it. I'm not owning that, you know. However, I was like, hmm, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Because I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that you're lying about how you feel or about how I make you feel. And so I apologize. And then I called like five other friends and was like, do I do you like this? Have I ever came off judgmental to you? Do I make you feel like less of a person? Have I ever made you cry and you didn't tell me? Right. And then, you know, people, my different friends, they told me what they told me. And what I learned about myself in that moment was that some people's perception of me is that I am really strong, strong minded. I have strong opinions and I'm not wrong about much of anything. However, my delivery can be very harsh because I expect everybody to be like me. That's what I learned, that I have very high expectations and I expected everybody to meet these expectations. And if they didn't, I might have hurt their feelings. And so talking to multiple people and everybody giving me their views in different ways. And the bottom line was everybody didn't feel like I was judgmental, but everybody could acknowledge that I had some areas that I needed to work on if I didn't want to make people feel like less of a person in the future. You know, I have friends. I have the type of friends that's going to keep it real because I need that. I need you to criticize me if need be. I need you to let me know how it really is. Don't sugarcoat anything for me because Lord knows I don't want to sugarcoat for you, but I've learned how to. So I learned that I need to be a little more soft. I need to exuberate my love in other ways and not be so harsh. I need to not deliver my advice or my guidance or my thoughts so like dominant. I need to be more patient. I need to be more understanding. I need to be more loving when people aren't doing everything the right way. Everything by the book. Acknowledging their feelings and their traumas and their emotions, you know, and I need I needed to to grow, to evolve towards some better ways about myself. Right. So that one person telling me how I made them feel made me go and ask multiple people, do you feel the same way? And, you know, um, that's just how it goes, you know. Think, be, communicate with people and seek further clarification. Do more with love. Focus on reacting with love so that the outcome is a loving outcome. So that you help people become better versions of themselves. Even if that better version is not to lay up or shack up with you. Or if they're not meant to be your boo thing, best friend, homie lover friend. Still communicate with people, help people out. Don't be disrespectful. Don't tell them, you know, that they're bad or they're this or they're that without helping them to understand or help or maybe helping them to be able to get to a better place. And so I want to apologize to you and send you love. If you've ever been the person on the receiving end of a negative perception or lie told about you. I've had that happen to me less than a handful of times and everywhere it hurt. Every time it hurts. And so I'm aware. I'm aware that sometimes, you know, somebody that you love saying something negative or bad about you that isn't true is hurtful. 
And I'm aware of a few times that I've actually given attention to or value to where I've hurt my friends. And it's not a title that I take lightly or I take as a joke or a means of lacking loyalty, love, understanding, kindness, patience, or support. So whenever I hear a friend of mine say something negative about me, I'm all ears. I want to know how I can improve. How can I be a better friend to you if you will graciously extend the courtesy? I accept criticism and negative perceptions with love. It's a way to see how people see you and how you can grow as an individual. I'm a huge advocate for everyone being the best authentic version of themselves, their true selves. So listen to people's perception. Allow them to help you see things from other perspectives. And explore that perception and those other perceptions by asking other people and compare those different views and facts of the matter and evolve as you desire. Thank you so much for vibing with me. Thank you so much for sticking through Perception versus Reality Part 1. Part 2 will detail that friendship that I told y'all about, about the person who I love saying some negative things about me. And I just really want to take you back and really help you to understand how deep this perception versus reality thing can go. And so please tune in to part two of Perception versus Reality coming soon. In the meantime, be beautiful, be blessed. I love you. With love, gratitude, and opulence, I thank you so much for your time your ears, and your mind. Please send any topic suggestions via Instagram, email, and or reviews. Check the show notes for details. Share more love by recommending this podcast and or hitting subscribe. Peace and blessings. Until next time.